Welcome to the City Reach Baptist Podcast. If you would like more information about the life of our church, please go to our website at cityreach.com.au or like us on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. Evening, it's great to be here. I'm Roger Brooke and most of you have got no idea who I am. Um, my ministry, I'm a pastor with Compassion Australia. Our whole goal is to release children from poverty in Jesus' name, but I'm not here because of that. I'm here because... Uh, Pastor Carl last year was sharing with me about the vision of the evening service and what he had, and he said, I would really love for um, older people to come and share in the evening service. Would you like to come? (laughs) And so I'm the older guy. I don't make an apology for that because uh, I can't do anything about that. Age just happens. And uh, I'm glad to be older uh, because... You get a little wiser, they say. And so I've got that to look forward to. Carl said, um, when he asked me to come and preach tonight, he said, I'd really love you to share um, about how we can actually move forward spiritually. How can people grow in their faith? How can people get the best out of this year? How can people be all that they desire to be in 2020. That's what he asked me to talk about. And so I was thinking about that and I thought about some of you as you say, how do I get the best out of this year? You might be thinking to yourself, oh man, if I could get a girlfriend or a boyfriend, that'd be pretty cool. Or if I could uh, just do really well and finish my course at uni or finish year 12 really well, that'd be great. Or if maybe if I could get married, is there anyone? No, I won't worry about that right now. But maybe if I could get married, that would be like, people are looking at each other. What's going on? If I could get married, maybe that'd be awesome. That'd make a great year for 2020. Maybe that job. If I could just nail that job, then this would be the best year. If I could do those things, if I could have those things, then 2020 would be absolutely awesome. But then I was thinking, all of those things are great. And those things are important. And those things are an incredible blessing. But if we focus on those things then there's going to be some incredible disappointment. I think to really get the best out of 2020, to really go deeper and be stronger and more alive and full of joy, we have to look at this a little differently. Because I think the best way to get to an incredible future is to begin to desire to be incredibly strong in our faith. That, That to be closer to God would have to be a desire and a great foundation to actually achieve incredible things in our life. You see, marriage and boyfriends, girlfriends, jobs, university degrees, all of those things are are brilliant, but they're things. And so often we worship the thing rather than the creator of the thing. We worship and we give all of our energies to actually achieve certain things in life and and we forget to give all of our energy to the one who created those things for us. In Matthew uh, 6.33 it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So there's this thing, there's this understanding in the Christian faith. As we seek Jesus Christ, and we've just sung, Christ is enough. As we seek a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, the blessings of God will overwhelm us. The things we desire, God will actually provide for us. That's his promise. As we seek God and his righteousness, he will add those things to us. 
It doesn't mean we don't work for those things, we don't look for those things, we don't pray through those things. But God's desire for us is to grow in him first. And then the things begin to take care of themselves. When you seek God, when you seek a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, his promises to you will begin to be filled in ways, fulfilled in ways that you never dreamed possible. I can remember um, when I was 21, I decided that I wanted to be a diligent student and I'd just started at Bible college and uh, there was this, this girl that was um, chasing me and, and <laughs> go figure, she wasn't the brightest girl, and um, she was chasing me and um, it wasn't my wife, and uh, she was chasing me, and, and I just said, no, 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 I, um, I just want to study, I want to get closer to God, I'm just giving this year to God, and, and he'll sort all of that out, I'm not going to go and seek a girlfriend because it's not what I want, God will sort all that out, and it was like we were chasing each other, and I just knew that was the wrong thing, I said, God will sort that out, and so I said no to her, and, um, and she left, and I haven't seen her since, right? One week later, there was this girl walked in. I was leading a youth group. And this girl walked in and I thought, man, God, she's all right. But I, but I want to have a year where I'm just going to be, you know. And, and this girl was just so overwhelmingly beautiful that I just said, God, are you actually providing something that I've been trying to seek myself and you've just provided this for me? And he said, yes, and that's my wife. It's pretty awesome. See, when, when, when we seek God first, he provides things for us in a greater way than we could ever provide for ourselves. In an awesome way. And so that's why to grow spiritually is going to help us do the best we can and be the best we can in 2020. So I want to look at the Beatitudes to do that. The Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it's said to be the greatest sermon that's ever been written. So I'm plagiarizing Jesus tonight all right it's it's his sermon and I'm plagiarizing it and a lot of people have written about that but I but I heard some things and read some things a while ago about this sermon that changed the way I thought about who I was in Christ and I and I wanted to share that with you tonight but you see the Beatitudes and we heard them there's there's eight of them and and often we we preach about them in isolation but I don't think they were ever written in isolation of each other I think one Beatitude builds on the other Beatitude and so we all start with the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit. And, and, and then we, we can't get the second beatitude until we've actually gone through the first beatitude. And we can't get the third beatitude until we've gone through the second beatitude. And, and they actually feed on each other. So I've got this ladder here because my goal for you is every time you see a ladder, you'll remember this tonight. Okay? That, that we've got eight rungs on this ladder. And every rung reminds us of part of our relationship with Jesus Christ and that's what the Beatitudes are about the word Beatitude simply means blessed or it could mean fortunate or happy or full of joy and teaches Jesus teaches us to grow to grow spiritually to obtain a state where we are we feel incredibly blessed by Jesus Christ where we feel at peace and full of joy he shows us how we can do that and the Beatitudes are what that's all about So let's begin by, with the first beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit. So this is the first rung on the ladder 
I was going to climb this ladder all the way up and just emphasise, but I fell off a ladder a couple of years ago, about five metres, and I have a lifetime ban now. But uh, it'll still serve the point. And the first rung, the first beatitude is, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, words for, for poor could be broke or lacking or busted or, or needy. And quite simply, this beatitude that Jesus preaches is, blessed are you when you recognise you're spiritually busted. Blessed are you when you recognise that there's something missing. Blessed are you when you, you realise that your life is going nowhere and there's more to life. There's, there's something greater than you. And, and many of you have been in that or maybe some of you are, are there right now where you're saying, you know what, I've been living my life but there's something missing. I just feel poor in my spirit. I might have all the wealth and, and, and everything in the world, but there's something missing. And I know it's missing because I feel empty. I don't feel full of joy. And, and Jesus says, when you begin to think about that and you realise that, and you start to engage with that feeling a whole lot more, he said, that's the beginning of being blessed by Jesus Christ. When you realise there's something not quite right. See, the number one reason for, to stop people from getting to this point, to realise that they are empty and they need more, is pride because our world teaches us that we can provide for ourselves, that we can do it all, that, that we are all sufficient, that we are the most important and we can provide for ourselves. And pride stops people from coming to this first point where they say, you know what, I need Jesus Christ. I need something greater than myself. I am missing out and I feel empty. And Jesus says when we get there, we begin this incredible relationship, and we begin to have a sense of God's blessing in our life. The second beatitude is this, blessed are those who mourn. The second rung on the letter is blessed are those who mourn. And when we think about that, we probably say to ourselves, that makes no sense to me. I mean, if someone dies and I'm mourning their death, how is that going to help me be blessed? I mean, that's a terrible situation. I don't feel that there'd be any blessing in mourning the death of somebody. So what is going on here? Why is Jesus saying, blessed are those who mourn? Well, it only makes sense when we put it on top of the first one. Blessed are those who mourn the fact that they're actually feeling spiritually poor. Blessed are those who actually, that they're feeling this feeling of emptiness and now they're actually mourning the fact. It's not just a feeling anymore. It's actually an incredible sense that you know what, I'm actually guilty for that. For the way that I've been living, I'm beginning to feel shameful for my life. I'm beginning to feel that I am someone who commits sin and it's actually destroying me and it's destroying others. And I'm actually mourning the fact of how I'm living for myself. And I know that there's more and now I'm starting to feel shameful for the way that I've been living and I, I want to live differently. And so Jesus says, blessed are you who mourn that you get to the point of knowing that you're a sinner and knowing that you feel guilty and shameful about how you're living your life and that you've actually, know you're poor in spirit, but now you're actually grieving that you're poor in spirit. It's not just knowing you want more, it's actually desiring that in a deeper way. And so Jesus says, blessed are you when you get to that point. And maybe some of you are there. You realise your life has been empty and that you're living a life that you know you shouldn't be living and there's guilt and shame just overwhelming you. And you don't, want to, that, you don't want to live like that anymore. And Jesus said, that's another deeper level of being blessed when you get there. And then the third one is blessed are the meek. Now, when we think of meek, 
I don't know about you, but I think of a mouse, like meek as a mouse. You think of this little thing running around, you think of weakness. Um, it's, it's, there's not a great lot of depth to being meek normally. But there's a, meek doesn't actually just mean weakness. The uh, Greek meaning of meek is bridging the wild horse or getting strength under control. I like to drive. I, um, I love to drive. I don't like my wife to drive. I like to drive. Is there anyone else like that? Any males? They like to drive? They don't like the, their partner to drive? Any females? Just a couple? That's okay. There's, there's this thing in us that's called um, control. We like to be in control. And I, uh, I'm someone that likes to be in control. I like to control my life. I like to control the car. Now, my wife is a far better driver than me. I know that. My record is terrible. Her record is faultless, right? And, uh, but I still want the control. And, and being meek and being blessed, understanding that blessed are the meek is when you say, do you know what? I've been trying to control my life and it's not working out. In actual fact, my life is getting out of control. And so I want to hand my life over to control of Jesus Christ. I want to come under his strength and his power and his authority. And so it says, blessed are the meek. Remember meekness, bringing strength under control, bringing the strength of your life under the control of Jesus Christ so that he can actually run your life now. And when we get to that point in our life, we actually go again to a new level of experiencing the blessings of God. We begin by saying, blessed are those who the poor in spirit because we're completely empty, but we know we're more. Blessed are those who mourn. And I want you to remember these by the end of it, okay? So blessed are those who mourn, mourn. Why? Because we know we're poor in spirit. But blessed are the meek, those who realize now, do you know what? I've been trying to control my life, but now I want to hand that control over to Jesus Christ. I want his strength to run my life. I want him to be the one who controls me. Number four, the fourth rung here is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Quite simply, that means blessed are those who hunger and thirst after God's right ways. There was a period of my time a while ago where I lost quite a lot of weight. I, had a, um, I was doing some work in South Sudan. We were building a, a church and a school and a medical clinic in South Sudan. And uh, I had to fly there with a team and uh, we had to hire a plane to get in there. But it was a small plane and we were only allowed with our whole weight and with all of our luggage and all of our equipment, we had to be under 100 kilograms each. Otherwise, we couldn't get on the plane. And that's with everything. And, and I weighed at that point just over 100 kilograms. And so I had to either cut off an arm and go with nothing, or I had to lose a whole lot of weight in order to get onto the plane. And so I, I shed about 25 kilograms in weight so we could get the luggage on the plane, right? But there was this one period of time during that, uh, that time of losing weight. There was this one, there was this one day and then it, it led to a week and then I, I reined it in, but I just couldn't get enough of carbs and sugar. Like, I just needed pizza and I needed lollies and I needed cakes and I needed soft drink and I just wanted more and more. And once I had a taste for it, I just wanted more of it. Some of you would say that's a binge, a one-night binge, but it was a week for me, right? Does anyone binge like that? Like you just can't get enough? No one's, no one's putting their hands up, but I know it's true, right? Because we're all there. When, when Jesus talks about blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, it's blessed are those who just can't get enough of Jesus Christ. 
Blessed are you when your whole desire is to hunger and thirst more for Jesus Christ, that you want to worship more and you want to worship more deeply. You want to pray more. You want to read your Bible more. And Jesus says, when you get to that point in your life, there's an incredible blessing that comes over you. There's a blessing at this level where we're poor in spirit. And there's a blessing at this level where we mourn because we're poor in spirit. There's a blessing at this level where we, we are meek and we want our life handed over to Jesus Christ. But there's an incredible blessing here when we realise we just want more and more of Jesus. We want more of him. We want more of him in our life because we just can't get enough of him. And I love hanging around Christians that just, they can't stop talking about it. They can't stop praying about it. They're just doing more and more and more because they can't get enough. They can't get enough. The Bible tells us to taste and see that God is good. To taste and see that God is good. That, that when we begin to taste what it means to live in this incredible relationship with Jesus Christ, then automatically we can't get enough. We just want more of it because it becomes all-consuming, all-consuming. My hope is that you will hunger for God, that you'll be a people that won't just settle for here, but you'll begin to move here where you really hunger for Jesus Christ and you just want more and more of him because you get to a point there where you just experience the blessing of God in a new way. Now, these first four rungs, poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, the hung, when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, that's all inward preparation. Jesus says, you need to prepare yourself inwardly and you, you'll receive incredible blessing as you prepare yourself inwardly. This is all inward preparation to experience. God said, I want to start with you. Before you change the world, I want to start with you and I want to go deep with you and I want you to come deep with me. And I'm going to give you some experiences and some feelings and some joy and some peace that you've never known before, but I'm going to do that for you. And inward preparation is incredibly fantastic. But Jesus says that that's not the end of the story here because when you've been come to this inward relationship, this deep, deep relationship with Jesus Christ, it's now time to actually share that and get that out. So there's inward preparation, but then there's outward presentation. And so we need to not just hold on to that. I know a lot of people in churches where they, they say they love Jesus and they, they say they love Jesus, but they don't do anything about it. It's all, it's all in. There's never an outward presentation of what they feel inside. And they lack so much because Jesus has so much more for us as we begin to share our faith. So we move to this fifth rung on the ladder, the fifth beatitude, which quite simply is blessed are the merciful blessed are people who have just received mercy from God have realized that they are a sinner and they hunger more for him blessed are those who have received mercy and love and grace and now the first thing that comes out of them is mercy to others like we've received this and we know this and we love this and we've been hungering for God and the blessings are just coming the peace is just full of us but then as we share that and we're merciful towards other people because we've received the mercy Jesus said there's a new level of blessing again there's a greater depth in that relationship a greater love that we experience as we show mercy to other people Galatians 5, 6 uh, says that the only thing that counts and when, when the Bible, and there's a couple of times this is said where it's the only thing that counts, I think we've got to take that seriously and it's the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. As we share the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ with others, that's an incredibly important thing that we need to do. As we are filled with the love and mercy of Jesus Christ, we then share that 
with others who desperately need it. Why? Because we want them to experience what we're experiencing. We don't want to see the poor and the lonely and the homeless and the, the broken just living way down here. We want them to experience all that we've experienced. That's why we continue to live our life as Christians. And when we do that, and we live that in a deeper way, the, the blessing of God just starts to begin to overwhelm us in incredible ways. The Greek word for um, mercy um, is spolokna. Now, I love that word. I don't know why. I just think it's a cool word. But when you, you say Greek, you, just, you can't you say it like Australians, like spolokna. It doesn't have the same sense. And I'm not great with this, but you've got to say Greek from your gut, right? You've got to speak it from here. And, and maybe Graham or Timon or Ollie or Carl, or, I mean, um, Jason, they might know a bit more Greek and, and how to do this than I do. But you've got to say it from your gut. And so it's like, it's like spolokna. It's, it's, a, it's a Greek word, right? It's like throwing up. You've got to say it from your gut. And, and, and I reckon that's awesome because it's like you've got to actually get what's inside out. You have to show mercy. You have to have this deep desire because we've received, and we hu- we've received mercy and we're hungry and thirsting for God and our first response is, man, we want someone else to experience that. We can't help but share it. We can't help but distribute it. We can't help but get it out. That's what God's calling us to. We begin to share faith and share mercy and and share love and forgiveness. We're just moving into this deeper and deeper relationship with God and we're we're experiencing the blessings of God in in incredible ways. Incredible ways. Then we move to our sixth rung, right up here. The sixth rung on the ladder. The sixth beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart. When we talk about pure in heart, I think often we think of the perfect person. And they're pure in heart. They're just perfect. But, but that's not true. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. We, we all need Jesus Christ. Pure in heart doesn't mean that we're perfect. What it means is we're real. We're honest with who we are. We're honest in our relationship with God. We're real as, as people. We're real in our relationship. We're honest about our sharing. We don't hide who we are. We don't fake it for others. So often, we try to fake our relationship to others about our relationship with God. And I won't ask you to raise your hands, but we've all been there. We, we put on this mask about who we really are and we fake to others about who we really are. Social media is, is great at that, isn't it? I mean, I don't like Facebook. Um, I don't get it really. Um, Instagram, all of these things, because on all of these things, I only get to see the best of you. I only get to see the you you want me to see. But it's not the real you. It's actually you at your best, but you're not there very often. And, and Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are you when you take your mask off because you don't need to fake it anymore because you're so close with Jesus. You're feeling the blessing of Jesus and the love and the mercy of Jesus in such a deep way that you don't care what people think about you. It's not that you don't care for people, but you just don't care anymore about how people view you because you know God thinks you're awesome. You know you're living the life that God's calling you to live. You know 
that, that you're unbelievably close to Jesus Christ and others might not get that, but you don't care what they think or how they feel about that because you're not going to fake it anymore. You're not, you're not here to please them. You're here to please Jesus Christ. That's why we have this relationship with him. And so he says, blessed are the pure in heart, those who just take off their mask and bear, bear who they are for good or for bad because this is who God created me to be. This is who I am in Jesus Christ. And I love him. And I'm not ashamed of that. And I'll declare to anybody who asks me, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Saviour. And I'm going to love you no matter who you are, but this is who I am. I don't care what you do, this is who I am. I don't care how you behave, this is who I am. And I'm going to love you anyway, but I'm not going to change who I am for you because this is who I am in Christ. And Jesus says, when we get to that part, the pure in heart, then, man, oh God, that, that relationship with Jesus Christ just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper and we become and experience the blessings of God in more and more ways. And, and so often we don't experience the blessing of God because we keep hanging around here. But as we move up and understand the Beatitudes and the deeper the relationship we have, the deeper the blessing we have. It's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible. Now we move to number seven, blessed are the peacemakers. Second from the top. Blessed are those who walk into any situation and bring peace. I bet you you know some people that you think to yourself, man, they're awesome, aren't they? I just love, every time I'm next to them, I just feel a greater sense of joy, a greater sense of acceptance, a greater sense of, do you know people like that? Where they're, they're, there's something about them that you just feel at peace when you're with them. I, I know a number of people that, that I've experienced in my life and, and when you, you're in their presence, you actually just feel more spiritual. Do you, ever, do you know some people like that? Like they're just awesome people? I know, I know there's, there's some people here at, at City Reach that are just like that. You just look at them and you think, man, how did you get to be so awesome? How did, how did you get to be so strong in your faith? How did you get to be able to cope with the death of a loved one, but you still just exude Jesus Christ? How do you get to that point? How do you get to a point where you walk into a room and people just want to listen to what you've got to say? Not because you're the wisest person in the room, but there's just something about you. How do you get there? Well, this is how they get there. They started here and they just kept going up the ladder and they kept receiving blessing and blessing and they kept wanting more and more and the Spirit of God just kept moving them in a direction where they now become peacemakers and they, they're just awesome people. They're awesome people. It actually says that peacemakers are called children of God. Now, theologically, we're all children of God as we come into this relationship with God, as we come into this relationship. The scriptures say we're all children. But why does Jesus say, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God? Because they have this greater sense of what that relationship means. They have this greater owning of being a child of God. See, I can, call you a, you, I can say you're a child of God because you are. But how deep do you feel that? You see, peacemakers feel that incredibly deeply. They just know that they've got a heavenly father who's there for them no matter what and they don't have to worry about anything. What an incredible place to be, eh? What an incredible place to be. So you see, the Beatitudes are awesome. I mean, Jesus preached, of course they're awesome. They're amazing. 
But then we get to the last one. Well, I mean, we've done all of these things and, and it's not us doing it. It's the Spirit of God working in us, growing us deeper. And as we commit to that, it's just an incredible relationship that we have. And then we get to the last one and, and the last one quite simply says, blessed are those who are persecuted. What? I mean, all this stuff is awesome. But now I get to the top and it says, blessed are those who are persecuted. That just doesn't make sense. Surely that's a misprint in Gettenberg's press when he was doing the Bible. Surely there was a misprint there and surely it should read, blessed are those who are rich. Because that makes more sense. Like we've gone through all of this, an incredible blessing. Surely then it's not persecution. Surely it's blessed are those who've got a really big house and an awesome car. But no, no, no. Blessed are those who are persecuted. What gives? You know, so when you're on the top, people want to knock you off. It's just human nature. When you're on the top, people see something in you, they experience something about you, and it challenges them. And they don't like it. And so they want to bring you down in order to lift themselves up. And so people will persecute you because they feel guilty and shameful about their life when they see how you live your life. And they know instinctively something's not right here, but they don't want to change and they don't want you to change them. And so to help them, they bring you down. They persecute you. It's what they did to Jesus. In all of his humanity, in all of his mercy, in all of his forgiveness, in all of his love, they put him to death. Why? Because they were guilty about how they were living their life. And they didn't want to change. They wanted to stay in control. So they persecuted him. People will persecute you as you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Not great news at one level, but incredible news at another level. Incredible news because Jesus says, when you get to this point where people are actually trying to knock you down, you're, you're so close with Jesus Christ that it doesn't actually feel like persecution. It actually feels like incredible blessing. That you're so close to Jesus Christ at this point that when people try to insult you, persecute you, say all things that just aren't true about you to bring you down, you're thinking, praise God because I'm making an impact I'm doing something that, that is actually rubbing somewhere where people are actually really struggling in life. And so when you're, you, when you're being persecuted, it's an incredible place to be. And in actual fact, I think when you're there, you actually don't see it as persecution anymore. In the, in the world now, there is more persecution for Christian faith than in any time previously in history. More people are being killed for following Jesus Christ now than has ever happened before. Now, we live in a country where persecution isn't a big deal for us, really. Someone might say, why are you going to church? That's a bit stupid. That's about the extent of it for a lot of us. But for so many parts of our world, this is a very, very real thing that they'll be killed for sharing their faith. And why? And what do they do about that? They just keep sharing their faith. Why? Because they're in this relationship with Jesus Christ that is so deep there is no fear for them anymore. Persecution is not an, a problem anymore. It's actually a joy to think that they're in such a close relationship with Jesus Christ that someone would want to bring them down. 
It's an incredible joy. It actually says that there are two key reasons why this is a good thing, persecution. Firstly, it brings incredible happiness in your life when we get to that point of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Incredible happiness, incredible blessing. But this is what Jesus says right at the end of his uh, Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. I love that. Because great is your reward in heaven. You see, ultimate happiness is not here and now. If you're striving to be happy today, the bad news is you're going to have a bad day tomorrow. If you're just living for the moment, the next moment's going to be very, very difficult. But Jesus says, as you start living for me, as you start moving your life in, a, in a, an order that actually wants to have more and more of Christ and to live more and more for him, incredible blessing comes our way because we aren't living for today and we're not even just living for tomorrow, we're living for eternity. That's what Jesus says. Heaven's the reward. So it doesn't matter what you say about me. It doesn't matter if you criticise me. It doesn't matter if someone criticises you. Why? Because I just don't care. Why? I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be with Jesus Christ for all eternity. Your insult of me has no effect on me because my relationship with Jesus is so strong, it has no bearing on who I am. It has no bearing on how I behave because I'm all for Jesus. Why? Because Christ is enough. Christ is enough. I love the Beatitudes. Now, this is what I want you to think about and hopefully I haven't bored you witless because this is really important. Maybe you've come here tonight and you're right here and you're saying, you know what, I, I'm, I'm poor in spirit. I, I know I need more. I know there's something missing. I've heard about Jesus, but I don't know much about him. This is just my first, second, third time, and I'm just trying to work this out. Or maybe you've just come with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and it just keeps the relationship because you're hanging around church. And, but, but, but maybe you're being challenged tonight that, you know what, something is missing. And, and I know it's missing. Or, or maybe you're here, and you're just you know what, I, I do feel guilty. And Pastor Graham sharing communion, there was something going on with me about being shameful for how I'm behaving. And, and maybe you're there, you're actually mourning the fact that you're poor in spirit, that there's something missing, that you aren't behaving right. Or maybe, maybe you're here and you're saying, you know what, I, I need to hand my life over. I can't control this anymore. Maybe, maybe this is you tonight. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, I'm just someone who wants more and more of Jesus Christ. I can't get enough. Man, I, I, Thursday, I'll be at the prayer service at 1.30. I'm going to get there early because I can't get enough of this. Maybe, maybe you're here, but maybe you've moved up and you're someone who just can't help but share your faith and share mercy with other people. Maybe you're someone who's just taken off the mask and you're not faking it anymore. You're pure in heart. Or maybe you walk into a room and you just bring peace to that room and joy to that room and, and love to a room. Or maybe you're someone who has just sensed that you just need to live a life of persecution because that's where God wants you to be. My question is, where are you? My second question is, where would you like to be? 
Because to get the best out of 2020, we need to desire more of Jesus Christ than we have now. And as we desire more of Jesus Christ, we experience more of Jesus Christ. And so I'd love you to think where you are. Just honestly, just in your own minds, think, this is where I am. And if you're happy there, great. You're experiencing the blessing of God at a level and good on you, that's, good. that's fine. But, but maybe you're saying, you know what, I want more. And, and, and I'm going to seek that this year. 2020 is a year where I'm going to want to grow. I want to climb that ladder. And, and it begins with you saying, Jesus, I want more of you. And I want to live my life for you. I can't get enough of you. And if there are people dragging me behind, I'm, Jesus, put me into some new relationships because I don't want to be pulled back anymore. I want to move forward. I want this year to be an incredible year. I want the 20s, the 2020s to be an awesome beginning for me again. I wonder where you're at. I wonder where you'd like to be. That's purely between you and God. He wants you to be there. Why? Because he knows that's the best place for you. You don't get there automatically. And, and some of you might be thinking, well, I was there, but, but today I'm, I'm feeling here. We do go up and down. We do go up and down. But here's my experience. When we come down, we don't stay there as long. Jesus says, yeah, I realise you're having a tough moment or a tough period of time. And, and we, we can climb back up a, a whole lot quicker than as we grow in our deeper relationship with Jesus Christ than as we begin. I really like the Beatitudes. Because it helps me see where I'm at, but it also helps me see where God wants me to be. And, and he wants you to be closer and closer to him so that you can experience more of him so that others will experience more of him. That we would reach out into the brokenness of our world with the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ. That's what he wants for us. And what is his promise right at the start? And he'll provide all of our needs as we do that. Let's just bow our heads and uh, let me pray. Father, we want to thank you, firstly, just for your word, that your word is powerful, that your word teaches us, but it also corrects us. And Father, as we think about the Beatitudes, as we think about this incredible word from Jesus Christ in Matthew 5, Father, challenge us about where we're at honestly. But Father, also through the power of your Spirit, fill us with a desire for more of you. Fill us with a desire to be more than we are now. Father, if there are some people here, even right now, who... Uh, right at the first rung of the ladder and they're saying, I know I'm, I'm poor in spirit. I know that there's more. Father, just come to them powerfully and, and reveal yourself to them so that they could ask you to be Lord of their life, that you would lead them, that you would control them, that you would show them and fill them with strengths, that you would fill them with all possibilities of what it means to be in a relationship with you. And Father, for us that are in a different place on this ladder, help us to be more in 2020. Not for our sake necessarily, but for the sake of others. 
so that we can make an incredible difference and we can experience incredible blessing. And then, Father, may we see at the end of this year a greater strength in us because of who you are than where we are right now. And Father, I pray that on this congregation. I pray it on these people now in Jesus' name. Father, you're awesome. And you are enough. And we declare our love and allegiance to you, our Lord and our Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen.